Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bobby Moore as a Jeff Hurst. The Trevor Brooking and Billy Bones. A Paolo DiCaprio. A West Ham United. We celebrate our victories. Hello everyone, welcome again to more than just a podcast. Sean, stop talking, we're just about to start recording the podcast. Yeah, we've been waiting for like the last half an hour to get this started, you know. Um, podcast, hello everyone, welcome podcast. again. Thank you for listening to Mornings Podcast podcast. Uh, I'm George. I'm with Sean, who's actually in the studio. I'm you can in bother the to studio. Come today. I've bothered to turn up to the studio. Thank you, George. And I'm with John, who's also in the studio. Hello, John. Hello. How are you today? Smashing. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Good. You sound a bit miserable, John. Do I? Yeah. Hmm. Never mind. Um, so... Great win at the weekend, eh? No, no, eh? no Reese, no Reese, no Reese. Reese is training, eh? Yeah, eh, eh. Great win at the weekend, wasn't it? It's terrific. First time terrific. in fourteen years, nineteen ninety-eight, wasn't it? Do you know who scored them? Uh, Trevor no. Sinclair. Yeah, did he? He did. Trevor Sinclair and <laughs> someone else scored two. Joe Cole. No. That was before Joe he's Cole. got a he's got a column in the Sun, I think, or certainly a paper. Oh, that's nice. He used to play for Arsenal. John Artson. <laughs> no, try again. I don't know. Ian, right, right, right. Oh, nice. Uh, so we beat Newcastle away from home on Sunday at three p.m. Uh, Sean, did you watch the match? I did. What did you think? I thought it was a hard-fought away win, uh, but I thought we deserved it. I thought they looked tired from Europe, uh, but I thought we had more desire, and yeah, we deserved it. Again, you know, Nolan just standing around there. It was Joey O'Brien that crossed it, wasn't it? You know? Well, well I'd say it was more of a wayward shot than a cross. <laughs> well, that's slightly unfair. What, Joey O'Brien's follow? What? It was. <laughs> really? It was, it was, a, it was a rebound. Shot. He tried to shoot, and he went off to the left, and Nolan steered I, it around. I think it was a skillful pass straight to Nolan. To who? Nolan. Oh. Nolan. Um, it's Nolan. So, John, you watched it. We watched it together. Yes, we did. What did you think of it? I thought it was excellent. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was good. It would take, what impressed me the most is that we were, like, the injuries we we sustained but still managed to keep the level of performance up even after our substitutions. So, yeah, yeah I, was imp- I was impressed all round. I was very pleased with the result. It was like difficult watch at times towards the end because oh. we were likely to be under pressure as ever. But I didn't know if my heart would hold out at the end. I said to, I actually said to you, didn't I? You know, I mean, it's only what three or four years ago. There was absolutely no way we would have got a result like that. Yeah. A one-nil win away, having scored so early on. So yeah, very impressed. And we were invited to the game, me and George, uh, to go up in a box, but uh, George sort of let me down, so we didn't go. <laughs> How can you say that? Uh, well, it's true, isn't it? No, no it's not it, true. It, no, you texted me on Friday night saying I've, I could get us a box for, for Sunday. I said, oh, I'm up for it if you are. And you said, oh, it is a bit far. And then that was the last well, I heard. Well, it wasn't because it was far. It was and on then a you Sunday me, as well. Then you texted me on Sunday morning and said, well, oh, we could have flown up for £36. Pound. 
Yeah. Yeah, we could have done. But there well, you that's, go. That's, so we that's had what Sean is, George. You've got to learn. If it was on Saturday, we probably would have gone, wouldn't we? And I know, you know, fair respect to all the people who made the journey on the Sunday and came back and then worked on the Monday. Nice. Nice. Respect. I, I fair respect. Uh, yeah. One question <laughs> before we move on. Uh, Nolan, right to cele- not celebrate the goal? Or, you know, some people were saying on Twitter... You know, we pay him enough wages. He should have oh done no, the chicken. Rubbish! Is, we, no, you can't say that. It's fair play. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought respect to him. You know, he sort of went to start and then remembered where he, he was. Yeah, zero. Yeah, he yeah. sort of went with his arms and then stopped. Oh no! I'm oh, li- nice. I'm I think I think it's fair play. Really, he can make yeah. his own choice, can't he? Yeah, I was a bit surprised they were booing Carol though. They booed him. Some of them did. Some of them did. Some didn't. Less apparently less booing. Than last year, Liverpool. Well, I mean, he's he's got to start scoring, Carol. Well, he nearly did. I mean, that's the other big thing I want to talk about. You know that. You know, he got that, and that was a really good save. It was a good save. It wasn't a lucky save, was it? No, it was a really good save. Like you put out there. Did I say lucky save? Lucky save. save. It was a good save. It was a good good save. save. Came out, made himself big. Yeah, he made himself big. I suppose it was lucky that his hand protruded. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, if if the luck wasn't there, it you know. It was an inch the other way, it would have gone in. Yeah. Right? That's my point. What's happened lucky. to Jarvis? Is he injured? Jarvis is injured, yeah. What was wrong with him? What, what are you saying? Sorry, Sean, your microphone cover's coming off. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. You're a bit quiet. Um, so, yeah, Jarvis was injured, Yossi was injured, and who else came off? Uh, what, what's wrong with Jarvis? That was my question. Was it Hammy? don't know. George yeah, McCartney. Hammond. George You're McCartney came off as well. Yeah, George McCartney came off. You're the man who lives your life on Twitter. Um, I know. One of them was anyway, a Hammy. Let's, I can't remember. let's talk they about the off, stats. Though. 52% Newcastle, 48% to West Ham That's United. Not surprising, is it? We had 10 shots on tar- 10 shots five on target. Newcastle had 14 shots, nine on target. Yeah. Uh, yeah see, I thought um, Yaskalani had a good Yaskalani game. Yaskalani did have a good game, and that's yeah. why he's top of the West Ham to ratings. Yeah, he had a good one. Followed by Winston Reid. Again, what an amazing performance from him. Did well he again. put some really good... He's, he's excellent at getting up, heading them, and getting in some really big stops in there, isn't he? I mean, he's he's immense. He is, he is doing very well this year, isn't he? my favourite defender of, uh, of the Sam season. Allardyce gets third place. He yeah. did do well. I he thought he set well. the team up well. He knew exactly how to go out there and win. Kevin Nolan fourth, Modi Army fifth. And Mark Noble after that. And that tells you something, doesn't it? We've said this before. When those three play well... We play well. We yeah. play well. They're the key to... At the bottom, Matt Jarvis. I agree with that. Very ineffective. Yeah. And he probably came off partly because... Well, if he was having a world, worldy of a game, I'm sure they'd have fought twice about bringing him off despite yeah. him being slightly injured. Uh, Miger, I thought he'd done all right after he came on. Yeah. Held yeah, the ball he up well. Quite lively. Um, Demel done all right as well, really. Ben Ayun again, I thought he was good. And I thought Carroll was all right. I don't know. Carroll done all right. He just yeah, he didn't score. Carroll adds adds to the team like a whole. I, I think it's a bit. Unfair. I thought it was a whole team performance. If, yeah, I, if I'm honest, a whole team performance. And, and they ground out the win. To be fair to Carroll, for about the last ten or fifteen minutes, he was like a defender. Wasn't he was. He? he was. He was getting back and so, defending. I mean, it was a painful watch, wasn't it? At the end, I was, was tweeting. Was so <laughs> there's thirty seconds ago, and then there's five minutes of added I'd just time. Love him. I'd love him to get oh. a goal with Carroll. Jerry O'Brien had a good game, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, Joey Bryan did. He played everywhere and he done well. Yeah, well, Joey Bryan. Tonkin's, Tonkin's hard, has hardly played, has he? No. He's been playing out of position as well. He's coming. I mean, it's, it was good. It was Joey O'Brien, I think, is one of our best improved players this season. We could be in the Champions League next year if this goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about uh, Gary O'Neill? How how about him, Sean? Well, how, well, we obviously he came on, he done came well. On, done well. He's mid mid table obscurity in West Ham till I die um, player ratings, but you know, yeah, no, he's a forgotten man, saying. isn't he? The good the good thing was was the people that come on stepped in, and we didn't sort of any detriment to the team. It was good. I like I like the substitutions he made as well. Yeah, to bring Miger on when Jarvis went off was a good move. Yeah, well, Sam, he got a big round of applause when he came to the Sab last night about you know how he's doing everything and I think everyone appreciated what a good job he's doing this season yeah he's doing a good job yeah, can't complain 
anyway. He must have loved it as how well. How nice is that for once so we, we have nothing to complain yeah. about? about but our how, might, how good must it have been for yeah. him to go back, go back to Newcastle? Have you yeah. seen, have did, you seen on did. the West Ham TV the Tunnel Vision video? No. You should watch that. Yeah, we'll do. It's, it's quite good. You can get it for free on the main website page. Well, have you it's seen Tunnel Vision? It's a camera on the inside of the tunnel as all the players come in after the win at Newcastle. You watch some of their reactions, especially Kevin Nolan and uh, yeah. Um, Andy well, have Carroll. you seen the West Ham TV? And it's on YouTube because they release some of them on YouTube about Andy Carroll and Kevin Nolan like having a little yeah. Laugh I haven't and seen. I haven't together. seen that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to see that. They're like too loved up. Yeah. Can't you link that off of our page? Yeah, we yeah, can. We, can we'll put it on the Facebook. The Facebook's getting a bit busy I know, we've had quite a few likes. So that's, we'll give um, a shout out later uh, on. Yeah, let's give a shout out later on. But we will put that on uh, on uh, our Facebook page. Um, okay. But yeah. Anyway, let's talk to someone who actually went there, who could be bothered to travel all the way to Newcastle and actually go to a game, a proper fan, George. Proper fan, okay. Yeah. So this is our fan of the week. It was a pre-record again, but here it is. Fan of the Week. And we welcome to more than just a podcast. Uh, he's Fan of the Week. It's Leon Hyde. Hi, Leon. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Fresh hey. back, not much sleep, but fresh back from Newcastle, I understand. Yeah, yesterday, straight up there from work, from Brighton, straight up to Newcastle. One of the best away days I've been in, well, in the last five years, I'd say. It was fantastic Excellent. day up. And when you're not being a West Ham fan, I understand you're a professional DJ as well. Yeah, I'm a professional DJ. I go around the country. Uh, obviously, in the summer, I do abroad. I do INAPA, Ibiza, wherever um, my company sends me, really. Excellent. So let, let's start with um, Newcastle. Uh, maybe share the experience of the day and uh, and, and the match itself. And uh, obviously, we're all happy hammers this, this morning because we're recording this on Monday. Um, but yeah, give us your view. Well, travelled up from I've got the half past eight train from Brighton into St Pancras, in, round to King's Cross, and then straight up to Newcastle. Um, just a fantastic day. I've always wanted to go to Newcastle. It's just one of them grounds um, that it's with the new stadium, they've, they've revamped it quite a lot now. You know, the last time I went, it wasn't revamped. So it and their supporters are just fantastic, absolutely fantastic support. But it was more I wanted to go because of Andy Carroll and Kevin Nolan. You know, their returns, and I'm a big lover of Alan Pardew. So it was a bit of going back to see what Pard's done as well and what he'd done for us before. So it was a great day out. I thought we played absolutely fantastic. There was players that I've not rated this season who have had average seasons, I would say, that really shone for me yesterday. Um, Joey O'Brien, for instance, not a great lover of him. A utility player reminds me, reminds me a lot of Steve Potts. Steve, Steve Potts could play anywhere you, you ask him to play. And Joey O'Brien's like that. He, lo- he loves to tackle, but his heart and soul is always there. And yesterday he, was, he played at right back, then he played at left back, and... He's played at centre half this year as well. He's played all across the back, and he was fantastic. But my man of match yesterday, I I didn't rate him last season. I didn't think his work rate was just as good as what the others was putting in. But Kevin Nolan yesterday was just fantastic. Absolutely worked his socks off yesterday. And a lot of people don't like Kevin Nolan, but he's always there, and he puts his, you know, he's, he wears that armband with pride, and... We haven't had that. I don't think we've had a captain like that since the days of Julian Dix. I know Scotty Parker took it here, there and everywhere, but Matty Upton was the main uh, captain at the time. But when Scotty had it, it was like he wore the armband pride as well. But Kevin Nolan and Andy Carroll just... Andy Carroll, to me, yesterday looked very tired and injured. Um, obviously, there was a lot of sub- substitutions yesterday, and we didn't know... Sitting, we've, anyone that's been to Newcastle, you're sitting in the gods... Yeah. Um, so we didn't we didn't know what was going on, you know. Yossi went off, and then um, uh, George McCartney went off as well. And we didn't know, but then we, the fact that we went down to our bare bones yesterday, and, we, and there was a lot of players who was hanging on. I think Colton Cole would have made a big difference coming on yesterday. You know, Andy Carroll was a bit tired, and he could have held that ball up. We needed an outlet. Same with Manchester City. We needed an outlet, and, and 
cold, cold would have held that yesterday. But we held on. Um, but my player of the season by far is Winston Reid. Winston Reid has yeah. come from... Um, he had an amazing game again. Oh, he just, he, he just, some of the stops he put in, I was, I was watching it on a stream, and some of the stops he was putting in were, were, were amazing. I was at the first game he played. He played at right back against Aston Villa, Avran Grant, first game, and Ashley Young and Stephen Downing, they just kept switching sides, and they tore him apart. And we paid four million for him, and I was thinking, what have, why have we paid four million for this? But what I like about Winston Reid is, he wins every ball in the air. Yeah. I don't see a boy not win that, a header. He wins everything. And, he, and yes, he's going to go down as a hero for what he done against Millwall last season. But he's, he's always there. And I'm not a great lover of James Tonkins. I'll be the first West Ham fan to admit that because I think he's a bit... He looks a bit nervous yesterday. I know it was his first game at the playing at centre-half yesterday as well with the season. He looks a bit nervous. Every time he's getting a ball, he's like, a oh, hot potato, quick, I need to get rid of it. But... When you've got Winston Reid next to him, he reminds me of very like Slam and Billish. Slam and Billish was very cool and calm and just let the game flow and he just put himself in front of it. And he reminds me a lot of Slam and Billish. But I think Winston Reid has just, just been up there with, well, from last season and this season, it's been tremendous. I can't yeah. put and how about Momo Dalmi? I mean, he, he got a lot of ratings in, in the Sun today and he had a good game. It, it seems to be if Momo Dalmi and Noble and that midfield and Nolan have a good game, West Ham had a good game. And if you saw at the, the Wigan game, you know, again, the midfield didn't have a good game and, and, and we lost. It seems to be really key about the midfield. Well, the midfield this year, I think it's a lot different than from last midfield last year, as in... You know, we, we had the Jack Collisons, we had the Gary O'Neills there, and we had the Package Yachts. But there's a little bit of still there. I think the players that we've got suit the Premier League a lot more. You know, we know that we know the Championship was going to be a bit kick and rush and a bit we're going to be bullied out of a lot of games. But Mark Noble this year, it's just, it, it's like watching, I know <laughs> he's nothing like a Zabby, but he gets on that ball and he knocks that ball around, just like Zabby does for Barcelona. And Gianni... I wrote on Twitter yesterday, who needs Yaya Torre when you've got Momo Diaby? You know, yeah. he's very that sort of player. And to get him on a free transfer, well, what was yeah. Wigan? Wigan, oh, Wigan should have put whatever they could afford to keep him. You yeah. know, and I didn't, I didn't really rate him at Wigan. I, he was one of these players that you don't really, you hear a lot of, and he, he scored a couple of good goals, but he's not one of them you go, oh, I'd, lo- I'd love to have him at West Ham. And, but then when Liverpool was after him, and I was like, you know, a good free transfer here we could get for him. And seeing him, he's fantastic. And probably it was his best game yesterday. Is in, he's played in 90 minutes and kept going. He gets tired about 70 minutes and he dies down. He doesn't push, he doesn't push, push and push. But yesterday he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And, you know, when you've got players with Kevin Nolan's experience and Mark Noble's a passing ability, that. And I also thought Gary O'Neill done fantastic when he came on yesterday. He just slowed the game down. I think Gary O'Neill's a great professional, as in you can play him on the right or play him in the middle, and he will do a job. You know, he's not one of these that's going to get headlines every week, but he'll do a job. And I think that's what Sam Mandice has built with West Ham now. He's got average players, but they can come in and they will do a job. You know, yeah. over the years, we've had players that have come in and, oh, no, they ain't going to do nothing, you know. Name off the top of me, Beaumonte, for instance. You put him inside, you go, oh, we're going to lose that today down the middle. And it was a few seasons ago when he was playing him in, in centre midfield, and he done an all right job. But the players that Allardyce has got, you could play them anywhere, and they will fit in, and they will do a job and work their socks off. And this is yeah. what I think we've missed over the, since the days of Harry Redknapp, for instance. You know, Harry Redknapp. Yeah, we're sixth place, aren't we? We're sixth place. Yeah. We're not bottom three at Christmas, and that that's got to be. You know, a, a good thing, and you know, you know, let's not get too carried away. But you know, it, it, it's good to be there, and you know, it's good to have that cushion as well. Let's the start only thing with I worried about yeah. Sean is yeah. that the days, uh, the last time we were sitting sixth or seventh was the days of Glen Rhodes' first season, and look at that in the season after. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing that's worrying me. Point, and we was going, and that was the game. Uh, that was the season we went to Man United and beat Man United at Old Trafford as well. Yeah. So let's just kick our feet on the ground. Yeah. If I finish seventeenth, Nick. At the end of the season, I'm more than happy. Yeah, as long as we're me, me too. Three. Twenty-two yeah. points from safety. Yeah. So yeah. let's start off with we ask every fan of the week what made you a West Ham fan. I, I know you're living in Essex. I don't know if you're always yeah. in Essex, but what? Why? Why do you support West Ham? 
Well, I've got a footballing background. Um, my uncle is Jimmy Greaves. Now, my dad at the time, obviously, because of his brother, was we didn't know. He, my dad was going from Tottenham to West Ham because of Jimmy. Um, but then I got taken to a West Ham game, um, which was the first game was when um, Bobby Moore died, and it was against Wolves and won three one. And probably because of, of outside Upton Park that day with all the all the flowers and all the scarves, it just it, it took my heart. I was only a young boy, and it took my heart. And from there, I just. I went back and asked my dad for a season ticket, the 92-93 season. I had a season ticket for the rest of that season. Um, the last day of the season, beat Cambridge to go to come up to the Premier League. And I'm in the Hammers News, they don't make no more, where I was sitting on the top of Martin Allen's shoulders outside the, the old Denmark Arms, singing I for a bar bubbles when all the press were coming. Um, so, yeah, I'm West Ham, and obviously my uncle played for West Ham. And so it's a, it's a West Ham family. And so, it's, yeah, I've just... I where where do you sit else. now? I sit in the Bobby Moore lower. Um, I've sat everywhere, every every stand I've sat. Um, obviously, growing up in the family um, in the East Stand, and it got moved to the Trevor Brook Inn, and I've sat in the old Dr. Martin's, which is the safari now. I've sat everywhere, but the Bobby Moore lower, you can't beat the Bobby Moore lower. You know, for the atmosphere and the banter and... You know, it's fantastic. The yeah, well, I'm, I'm a Sir Trevor Brooking lower myself. I think you can't beat that, and I've been all over as well. But we're yeah. we're agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. So, talking about the stadium, obviously the big dilemma uh, for all fans is is about the Olympic Stadium. We should hear in the next month. Um, but we're asking all fans of the week, where do you where do you sit when it comes to it? You know, do, are you a traditionalist? Do you want to stay? Do you sit on the fence, or, or or do you see it being a good move to move to the Olympic Stadium? Well, I'm old school. Upton Park's our home, and it always will be. But then you've got to look at it on the other side of it. Do we want West Ham to push? Do we want a challenge for the title? Do we want Champions League? Yes, we do. But will we do it at Upton Park? No, I don't think we will. We need to generate money. Now, Generate money means a bigger stadium. Now, I'm against going to the Olympic Stadium, but when I saw what happened in the summer, and that could be our home, and the only proviso I have got about it is if they can move the seats closer, like the old days of the old chicken run, if we can get, even if we can get that close, it would be fantastic. Even closer as we get at Wembley. That's not too far away from us, but the, the ground. We can build it. We, the only downfall I have about it is you look at Arsenal. Since they've gone to the Emirates, they've won nothing. At Highbury, you, you'll be lucky if you scored a goal at Highbury. You know, we was the last team to do it. But that was, that was phenomenal at Highbury. And that's the only worry I'm about it. I don't want us to go there and find it too difficult that teams are going to come in there and just smash it or put a bus in front of the, the goal and just like we did last season and just enjoy their day out more than it's our home game and get three points for us. But... If it means West Ham push forward, I think we've got to go with the times. But then I also want us to keep Upton Park for ourselves. As in, if we can turn it into our new training ground, for instance, it's got to catch West Ham's roots. You know, Bobby was there. As I said, my uncle played there. It needs to stay within West Ham roots. Like what Arsenal have done with Highbury, if we could do something like that with the apartments or something, just something so West Ham fans can go back there and go, this is our home. But, you know, you've got to go with the times. And it means that we can go and sign the players as you know, one day that we could buy another Tevez or something like that without all the Tafars and what went on before. We could pay the 30 million now and we can play Champions League, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, we'll find out very soon, won't we? Yeah. So, uh, I, we're a little bit short on time, but we're going to talk about the Stoke game coming up next Monday. I know there's a connection there because uh, Michael Kitely is an old school friend, an old friend of yours. What's the connection yeah. there? Michael Partley is a very good friend of mine. Um, we grew up together. He used to live with me as a kid. Uh, I followed him. He was at Tottenham when he was a kid. Um, then he went to South Bend. Yeah, before that was Steve Tilton. He got moved around from Farnborough to Grays. Finally got his move. He finally got his break into Wolves. Um, at now at Stoke, and you know, as much as I want three points on Saturday uh, on Monday night, sorry, I love us to win three four nil in the last minute. Kites to score. <laughs> I want a clean sheet, but I'll, it, he's a, he's a big Tottenham fan. But then his roots are Essex and it's West Ham, you know, and he's, it's his dream to play Upton Park. So, I'll you be meeting I'll, up with him? I'll be meeting up with him. He's, he's given me a few tickets, but I've said I've got the season ticket. 
it, all his family are going, you know, we all live down the road. Um, it, it'll be a fantastic day out. He's, when, he, when he first went up to Wolves, he didn't get much of a games in the Premier League. You know, he got injured. So, um, And a few weeks ago, when he scored at Old Trafford, I was the proudest mate in the world. The fact that I grew up with him, he, he took Rio and Michael Carrick, two ex-West Ham players, took them apart and then scored at the Stratford end at Old Trafford was, you know, one of his dreams. So it's Monday night's going to be a very eventful. And the same with James Tompkins. James Tompkins went to my school as well. So Kites will be playing against another school for him, against James Tompkins. Yeah. It's only a year below him. So it's a, well, we a very wish, bad We wish James more. Than yeah. Michael. <laughs> I wish Michael well, but not too well. Yeah. Not, not if he yeah. scores the only goal against us. So uh, we're going to have to wrap it up there. But our final question, as we ask all fans of the week, is what is your question you'd like to ask, ask us, whether it's footballing or non-footballing? Have you got a question? Yes. Who was the last English person to score the old Wembley? Right. That's a good question. And let's see if anyone can answer that. Um, yeah, and there's a couple that. of trick questions, but it's got to be the arse professional English person. Right. OK. We will take that one and we will answer <laughs> it on the podcast. Do you want to say what your Twitter handle name is? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as djleon1983. Um, just follow me obviously I've got my work on there but I've got all my West Ham buddies on there and we talk, I talk about West Ham quite a lot on there so you can yeah. follow me or, the, or they can go out to IB for Iron Apper and, and listen to your tunes out or, or come to Brighton every week and listen to me <laughs> excellent <laughs> well thanks for being our guest on more just podcast thanks Liam thank you very much so that was Leon Hyde, our fan of the week. Yeah. Obviously, we recorded it yesterday on Monday after he got back from, from Newcastle, and we're recording this on Tuesday, because I was at the Sab yesterday. But you were, but let, let's answer his question. So his question, so. yeah. Who was the last English person to score at Wembley? Oh, is it, is it person? Is that it, the trick question? Well, I it? don't know. He says person. Trick, trick. Does that person mean... Does he, he say the say last footballer. Englishman? He said person. No, English person. English person. Well, I'm going Michael Owen. I so, said Paul Scholes initially. So let me just answer up. one of the things, because I did a bit of research. Michael Owen was the last person to score in the last FA Cup final at Wembley, John. So you're close, but, but you're not correct. Right, what did you say, George? I said Paul Scholes for England, but I looked it up and it was wrong. You said Tony Adams as well, didn't you? Yeah, only because I looked up. So, Tony Adams was the last England goal scorer on May the 31st, 2000, against Ukraine, but it's still not correct. Oh, we went to that game, George. Was it? And yeah, England, I know Ukraine. we went to the last one, but... Yeah. So, the answer, I believe, due to my research, is Craig Hignett. David. Craig. David. Craig. David. David. Craig. David. Craig. Hignett. And he was a, uh, a footballer for Barnsley in the 2001 playoff final. If my research is right, that is the correct answer. Although I'm a little bit worried. He said last English person to score for, maybe it's not football, <laughs> was Wembley used for anything else. You know, is it the Patriots? Was there an NFL played could before been, they closed could it have down? Could have been like hockey. The or England ladies team. Yeah. When he said pass, I don't think it's any of those anyway. No. So I'm going so for did, Craig. Did, did he not give you the answer? He didn't give me the answer. So, uh, Craig David. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we're, we're tweet him later. And if you're listening, tell us what the answer is. Who's got it right? Who's got it wrong? Or are we way off? Way off. So last week we had part one of the Tony Cotty interview. We, we kept did. you in suspense for yeah. days on end. TC. And then Sean gave it away Yeah. on... Well, basically, we kept it a secret for all our listeners, and yeah. as soon as we put the podcast out, you tweeted out who it was. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense, because it was yeah. literally like five minutes after I'd put it out. Yeah. So you told everyone who it was. So they, so they, they, they didn't have to listen. Yeah, they didn't have to listen to find out who it was. <laughs> ooh, ooh, um, oh. But here is part two. Yeah. Uh, well, I look forward to reading that. I, I did see it was reported you were involved in the American bid against Golden Sullivan afterwards as well, with, with a chap that died during the yeah. bid. Is, is that true as well? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to the guys. I mean, you're referring to the um, the intermarket guys. Intermarket, um, but, that's the one. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not 100 percent sure that their, you know, their actual bid was ever a real bid. I mean, a, a real bid is when the money's on the table. You've got proof of funds, and everyone knows what's going on. And I, I always felt with intermarket, it was a little bit chaotic, you know, and there was never really a firm bid on the table. 
and you know when it, when push come to shove, and I, I think they deserve great credit for it. You know when when it come to it, David Gold and David Sullivan both put their money on the table, and effectively rescued the club because I think we would have gone into administration. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You've only got to look at Ports and the Football Club and the bets and everything that's going on there to, to realise what could have happened to our great club. So yeah. I've always I've always said they deserve great credit for that. You know, how they've run the club over the last couple of years, obviously there's many things that I think personally they could have done better or differently. Um, but, you know, they deserve credit for rescuing the club. Yeah, well, you, you talk about that. Obviously, you had a big fallout with Terry Brown. He said she was a, a match yep. day host. And I think that's covered in, in, in the book. Um, how did you get on with the two Davids and Karen Brady now? I know when we spoke to Stuart Slater, he said, well, he doesn't really, they're not really involved with a lot of the old guard anymore, certainly from his point of view. How, how do you get on with them? Well, I mean, I've always gotten very well with uh, Davy Golden, Davy Sullivan. I mean, you know, the last 10 years I've bumped into them quite a few times and always never had a problem with them. Um, Karen Brady, I didn't know. Um, and obviously she's only been involved at the club since the takeover. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of uh, <laughs> chats with her, should we say. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still talking to the club um, and I still would like to be involved at the club. Um, I think over the last 11 years since I retired as a player, I've, I've, I've been working in and out of the club. You mentioned that Terry Brown sacked me, and David yeah. Golden, David Sullivan sacked me. So, you know, it's not... Yeah. It's not unusual for me to, you know, I, I work at the club and then you get you get sacked and and then, but it, it's in my blood, it's my club and you know if if the club which they have done recently say we want to speak to you and then you sit down and you have a chat and find out if there's a way to be involved there. So I'm hoping that within the next month or so I can I can get back to working at the club and and helping out in whatever shape or form they want me to do it. Yeah, we we hope that too. Let's let's move on to some modern times. Um, obviously, good start to the season, eighth place, 15 points. Um, where do you think, I mean, what do you think of the season so far and, and where do you think we're finished? Because uh, some people are saying we're getting a little carried away. I think it's been a, a very good start to the season. Um, I, I think we, we, we needed to start well, uh, you know, because if, we, if we'd have had a poor start, if we'd have had a start like what Reading, QPR, Southampton have done, um, you know, I think we would be in massive, massive trouble now. I think. Big Sam will be under big, big pressure because of you've only got to look at the fixtures that are coming up. You know, starting with the Manchester City game that's just just passed, we've got a great point against them. You know, but we've got Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton, uh, Newcastle. There's some big, big games coming up, and you know the fact we've got 15 points gives us a real good cushion. So that if we do have a bit of a bad spell, which will happen at some stage in the season, then at least it gives us a cushion to to sort of rally and try and keep out of the bottom three. Um, so I've, I've been very pleased with the start so far. I think at times we've played some good football because that's always been a question mark under Big Sam. I think at times, particularly the Fulham game, I thought we played some really good stuff. There's been a couple of poor performances, um, as we know, but uh, I think in general, I think I've been really pleased with the start. And like I say, the most important thing is that the points are on the board, and it, it gives us a chance going into what's going to be a difficult spell pre-Christmas. If you were to pick uh, an early candidate for Hammer of the Year on the performances so far. 
Mark Noble without without a shadow of doubt. Mark Noble, I think he's been outstanding. Um, he was against Manchester City, and there's been talk of him breaking into the England team. I hope I hope he gets the chance. I hope he gets into the squad. Obviously, there's a lot of quality midfield players. That's one of the areas we are blessed with uh, for England. I think so. It's going to be difficult, but I think he's been the standout candidate so far. Um, I think Andy Carroll will will um, once he gets his goal, we'll see uh, you know him get a little bit more confident in front of the goal, and I think he will go on hopefully to become a legend in the West Ham shirt and. There's been some other good performances as well, but for me, Mark Noble's been the, the you know the standout uh, candidate for Hammer of the Year, as he was last season. He went very yeah. close last year. So, uh, do you get to go to many West Ham games nowadays in a non-professional manner? Sadly, I don't know. The only game—it's <laughs> not a good sign, is it? The only game I've been to this year was the League Cup defeat <laughs> to to Wigan. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's quite simple, really. I mean, any game that's on a Saturday, I can't—I can't go to because of yeah. the Sky commitments. Um, so I'm the only person, the only West Ham fan, I think, who, who actually is pleased when we play Stoke on a Monday night because yeah. it means I can go to the game. So I will be going to the Stoke game and I'll also be going to the Liverpool game, which is a Sunday in December. Yeah, no. um, But, you know, I've just not had... It, it's always hard for me to sort of give a real, real... Uh, sort of review of how everyone's done at the club because if you're not seeing the, the, the live games regular... You know, you guys are there week in, week out, and you know, even going to away games. But I only, I'm, I'm not allowed to cover West Ham for Sky because they, they always, not just me, but they accuse us all of being a bit too biased towards that club. So I don't, I don't get to see the boys live. I only get to see the highlights, which can be distorted, as we know. So um, I'm looking forward to the Stoke and Liverpool games, but I just hope it's a better result than the Wigan game I went to. Yeah. And are your boys West Ham as well? Did they get a choice on who they support? Do they go with you? No. Nope. They had no choice. They was they was told from a very early age. I mean, I, I've got twin boys. They're now 14, coming up 15. And um, they, although they don't particularly play, they play on the Sunday side, but they're not playing to any great standard. They only, they enjoy playing football. But I think they have got a real passion for West Ham, which it wasn't always there. I think, you know, I bought them the kits when they was 18 months old and West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. And I just couldn't bear the thought of them supporting any other team. So I have brainwashed them, and although they had a sort of spell where they sort of wavered a bit and perhaps weren't that interested in football, I think over the last couple of years they really, really got into it. And I took them to the, the, the playoff final against Blackport Wembley, and we just had one of those real father and son days, and it was a fantastic day, not just for me and my boys, but for everyone who went to that wonderful game. It was amazing, wasn't it? I, I thought it was worth, yeah. you know, not get an automatic promotion just to have that, that day at Wembley? Well, it, it was quite funny because I, I bumped into David Gold. It would have been probably around about this time last year and, you know, we was going quite well and everything. And he said, what do you think? And I said, oh, I'm looking forward to the playoff final, Wembley, David. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me in sheer horror at the fault of going to, to Wembley via the playoffs. And I said, I really hope for the fans sake that we get a day out of Wembley because it had been yeah. I mentioned right at the start the Liverpool game 1981 it was 31 years ago and you know the younger fans had never watched West Ham play at Wembley and you know I just said I said it for the right reasons because I wanted the fans to have a day out and I, I felt that was so important and I honestly didn't want to go up automatic promotion I wanted to go and have a day out at Wembley and even if we'd have lost the final at least we would have had the day out at Wembley. I know the Premier League is the you know the real sort of be all and end all, but I'm just so pleased for the fans that it was a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, well we, we yeah we had two playoff finals and a, an FA Cup final in the Millennium, the which wasn't quite the, the same, but not quite the same. No, you know that playing at Wembley is special, and you know Wembley is is a special place for for West Ham fans since the 60s and the World Cup and everything else is. It's always been a special place for us, but you know there's been a unfortunate generation of West Ham fans who have grown up and not seen us play there. So I'm yeah. just so pleased we yeah, had that it was day magical. out. Anyway, move on to our, our last question: um, the Olympic Stadium. Uh, I sit on the uh, West Ham advisory board on, on the Olympic Committee and, and yep. been involved uh, with Karen Brady and, and, and David Sullivan on that. And we've been a, a privileged group of fans to, to see the pl- uh, plans. Um, I know it's divided. Fans at times, you know, the, the latest poll on, on these at Mother Brown sort of says 60% in favour, 30 against, and, and 10 undecided. Uh, I think you've come out to be quite pro the move, but, you know, the, the big debate is, you know, site views, retractable seating, whether it will have an atmosphere, whether we'll fill the, the stadium. What, what's your latest thinking? Because so much has happened just in the last week. 
Well, it has, and also I think it's going to happen over the next few weeks, and yeah. you know, hopefully before. I mean, it's absolutely first and foremost absolutely ridiculous that we don't know who is going to be in the Olympic Stadium. Bearing in mind the Olympics were announced seven years ago, we've we've had a wonderful Olympics in the summer, and we still don't know what's going to happen after the Olympics. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, but that is not the club's fault. That is obviously uh, all the bureaucracy and everything that goes on around it. Um, where do I sit on the Olympics? I mean, first and foremost, I, as much as I love the bowling ground, Upton Park, um, he's geographically a, a tough place for the fans to get to. We've already spoke about all the pubs closing, etc. And, you know, I, I would like to see us, again, I've already mentioned, competing to get into the Champions League. Now, how do you compete to get in the Champions League? You have to have a stadium with a capacity and the income coming in to compete with the big boys and you know Tottenham are going to go to a 60,000 Arsenal's got a 60,000 Chelsea within the next five years will go to a 60 maybe more thousand capacity and if we want to be one of the big four London clubs then we've got to have a stadium with that sort of capacity otherwise we're going to be a QPR a Charlton uh, a Fulham and I don't want that I think we're bigger than those clubs we need to compete so it makes sense to go to Stratford. I think wherever you are in London or the home counties, you can get to Stratford. It's the best connected train station in Europe, so it makes sense. But having said all that, it is so important that we get a stadium that is right for the fans. And uh, I'm very privileged as well, Sean. I, you know, I, I have also seen the plans um, as part of my ongoing talks with the club. Um, if the if the club can deliver what they have suggested on the plans, then I think everyone will be happy. Yeah. But the problem yeah. is, is that the, the club cannot come out and explain exactly what they're trying to do. And also they've got the issue of, it's all right having these plans, but who is going to pay for it? And, you know, the government's already spent a fortune on it. Although you could probably argue that they was 300 million under budget. Well, if that's the case, put that 300 million towards the stadium and let's have a legacy of a stadium that's fit for, for West Ham and yeah. everyone else. So. Well, there does you know, seem I to really be a bit of an argument, doesn't there, on, on the who's yeah. going to pay for it. I believe that oh, Egbert... Magnuson offered a hundred million pound if retractable seating would have been built in from the beginning, and they rejected it. And now it possibly is going to cost two hundred million. And Boris is allegedly having some argument with the treasury with his old Eton mate uh, George Osborne, saying, you know, yeah. we want some of that contingency. And, and on, yeah. you know, West Ham fans picking. Also middle. talking to the NFL as well, aren't they? At the moment, that's come up as well with discussions with NFL teams. So, but you know, we are not the only. That I, can't I, I be personally it. can't see it, no. 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 But, I, I, you know, we are not the only um, uh, group at the table. There are three other bidders and this NFL stuff that's come from nowhere. Um, I honestly believe that we are the best position uh, group to take over at the stadium. I believe that. I think we are the only um, group that should be given that, that uh, opportunity. But I stress, and I think the club have made their stance on this, and you know, it's very difficult for them because they cannot come out and explain exactly what's going on because they are all under NDAs, myself included. Yeah, no, I had to sign two NDAs. I'm sure you have as well. (laughs) Yeah, so it's very difficult to come out and say, oh, well, this is what they're going to do, and blah, 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 because we can't do that. But what you can say is that if the club um, go ahead and keep to the plans that I have seen and you've seen, I think we would be looking at a stadium that would be a fantastic stadium that the fans would love, that would create the atmosphere and would provide the legacy that we all want to see for the stadium in a, in a location where everyone can get to it. So yeah. there are many, many positives for going there. Um, if, if for whatever reason we don't get the Olympic Stadium, then I think it's back to the drawing board and maybe looking at rebuilding the chicken run and just staying where we are. But, you know, I think a lot's going to happen, as I say, over the next few weeks. And I, I personally, I think everyone's a bit tired of it, really. Yeah. It should have been done. It all should have been done 10 years ago. You know, it needs to be sorted out and sorted out quickly. Yeah, last two questions, Olympic Stadium. Well, so one of the stories is that, uh, again, it's a, the Independent and Press Association have said that West Ham have bid £8 million a year, which would be £880 million over a 99-year lease. It sounds yeah. a lot compared with what Man City were paying up to last year, which was £2 million to rent their stadium, yeah. just gone up to three. They had the naming rights, which they bought for £2 million and sold for £10 million. Is it good yeah. business? Uh, if it is right, if we are paying £8 million, is that good business? Well, again, you know, I, I'm not privy to the figures, and I, I, that's the, to be honest, that's the first time I've heard of that. Um, what I would say is Lon- uh, London is not Manchester, and Manchester is not London. It's two yeah. different areas, so I accept there's going to be a premium. Um, but, you know, we've got to pay the right price 
for basically renting the stadium. You know, and again, I haven't I haven't seen those figures, so I don't know what what is on the table and what's not. Mm. But you know, the the, the bottom line for, for all what's going to go on, and you know, I, I I have been very pro the stadium right from the start. And yeah. my own my my first question mark was, can we put retractable seats on the track? so that the fans are not too far away. Because the bottom line is, the football club is about the fans. And if the fans aren't happy, the fans won't go to the stadium. So that is the, that is the thing. You know, if, if the plans and the finances stack up, and it is in the best interest of not just the club, but the supporters, because they are the, the, the most important group at the football club, are the supporters, not the players, it's not the manager, the coach, the chairman, and whoever. It's the supporters, because without the supporters, there is no club. So as long as the, the supporters are it's in the best interest of the supporters and the club as well, then I don't think it matters how much we pay, as long as it is in their best interest. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what develops on that one. So last question on the Olympic Stadium. Obviously sixty thousand is a lot. Uh, there's been talk about we might fill it with neutrals, maybe get tourists in, even maybe as cheap as some of the, you know, Stoke games, nothing against Stoke or, or Wigan, but, you know, a, a pound a seat. Do, do you see a problem with that? Maybe filling the gods no, up with, with, with I've got neutrals? No, no problems at all with a 60,000 capacity. And I've said this before, and I will say this again. If West Ham are successful and they are competing for Champions League football, 60,000 will not be enough. 100% guaranteed it will not be enough. If we could have, we could have, we, we, we would have, the, the Blackpool playoff final at Wembley, I know it's Wembley, I know it's a one-off game, but we could have sold that stadium easily, 90,000 West Ham fans, easily. Yeah. Because I, I know friends of mine who couldn't get tickets who yeah. wanted to go to the game. Loads, I'm sure you're the same, you know, yeah. but we, we couldn't get enough tickets. So, again, the key word is a successful football team, a successful West Ham team, 60,000 will not be enough. Now, people say, well, what about when you play Wigan and Stoke, as you've quite rightly done? The answer to that is we will do the kids for a quid and we will get the next generation of West Ham fans to be able to come along to a game with their dad at a reasonable price and we will get six, seven, eight-year-olds supporting West Ham because at the moment, what they're going to do, they're going to put the telly on, what, you know, see who's winning the Champions League or the Premier League and they're going to support those teams. Unless you can get the kids to the ground, they're going to support the other teams. So I've got no problem with it and I think, I think pretty much... You know, we will guarantee to fill that stadium, 60,000, every single home game. I've got no problems with that because it will be easier for the fans to get to. The big games sell themselves anyway. And obviously against the lesser teams, we can do the incentives. But it comes back, you know, I'm, I'm saying all this providing we've got a successful team on the football pitch. Now, by successful, I'm defining that as being a Premier League football team. Obviously, if we go down to the championship, you're not going to get 60,000. Yeah, true. So, uh, just before we get you to plug your book, or, or allow you to plug your book, um, you joined Twitter recently, haven't you, as Tony Cotty Nine? Are, are people being friendly yeah. to you? Or are you getting a bit of grief from some? How's I've, it going? No, I've, I've, I think I've only had two bad tweets over the last couple of weeks, which is fine. But uh, I've got to be honest, Sean, it's not something that I'm. I mean, I am old school, believe it or not, and it's not easy for me to go onto Twitter. I, I've, you know, I've got my lovely girlfriend who helps out a little bit with it, and. So, um, I, you know, I go on there as much as I can, but I'm not going to be one of these guys who's on there every night examining what people say or don't say. So, yeah. you know, I will, as, as and when I get free time, I will I will go on there. I, I, I put a tweet on there on Saturday morning saying that I felt West Ham would beat Man City 1-0 with Andy Carroll scoring the goal. We very nearly did. Yeah. Um, but I've not put anything on there since. And to be honest, I haven't had the time to do it. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a busy world for me at the moment. I've got lots going on, obviously, particularly with the book. And... Uh, you know, it's not it's not uh, viable for me to go on Twitter every single five minutes of the day. So, well, that seems a good point to plug your book. And where can people get hold of your book? Um, well, the main place they can get it at the moment is to go online. I think you've done it yourself. Is to is to go to www.x-hammers.com, um, and that is my my great friend Tony McDonald who helped me to write the book. Um, that's a good website to get it. The, the book should be available in um, likes of Waterstones and W. H. Smith over the next couple of weeks. I think they've already gone into the shops, um, so that you know there's a few ways of getting it. I'm hoping that it will be stored in, stocked in the uh, the club shop as well, West Ham, which would be nice. And I've I've done a nice chat with them on Wednesday to see whether again that's going to be possible. So there's there's a, two or three ways for the fans to buy it. And I'm also going to be doing some book signings as well. So as soon as I know the dates, I will go onto Twitter and let everyone know when, I, when I'll be doing the book signings. But I'm really pleased with it. It's, it's 256 pages. It's a, it's a softback, but it's, it's quite a, a, a large sort of book. Um, but 
I put a lot of time and effort into it. And as I said to you, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, the, the main reason for writing it is to, to basically put down historically what, what happened in terms of the takeover. So I, I hope the fans enjoy it and, and hopefully it'll be a nice Christmas present for a, a few of yeah. the, the ones. Well, I think, I think I got a signed copy and I think signed copies available from the X Hammer website. Absolutely. But yes, I know it's are. available from Amazon.co.uk as well. I um, forgot to mention want. Amazon. Thank you for doing that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd forget something. <laughs> okay, Tony Cotty, TC, guest of more than just a podcast. Yeah. Thanks very much. Sean, it's been my absolute pleasure and uh, let's hope the, 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 the Hammers go on and have a very successful season and hopefully we can have a chat in 10 years' time talking about um, a Champions League club playing at the Olympic Stadium. That'd be lovely. Thanks, TC. Cheers, Sean. Thanks, mate. So there you have it, the Tony Cotty interview, and what an yeah. interview that was, Sean, well done. Absolutely. And we're lining up a new uh, legend, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, tell everyone, go on, might as well. Well, uh, it's, it's something to do with um, Newcastle, actually. When I was talking about Newcastle, remember there was that famous win when we won 8-1. Do you remember that, George? No, oh, yeah, were, I do, yeah. You weren't born. No. Well, the person who scored three goals, and it's a quiz question, which is, and, George, and John will know the answer to this, is who scored a hat-trick against three different goalkeepers... Alvin Martin. Alvin Martin. It was. How did you know that, George? Because you've been tweeting it all week and I read your blog about it. Anyway, yeah, Alvin Martin (laughs) is... We're going to do uh, an interview with Alvin Martin. Uh, Alvin Martin's going to do an interview with Alvin Martin? (laughs) I'm going to do an interview with Alvin Martin. (laughs) Anyway, crack on. Look, we're running at a time. Sorry sorry for the extra long uh, podcast. There's There's a lot to talk about about with the old Sab stuff. Yeah, so Sab last night. So the uh, Supporter Advisory Board met last night after a long time. We've had a lot of... Delays because of the Olympic Stadium. The first thing I'll say, we all signed an NDA, new code of conduct. There are 24 new members on, on the SAB, and we weren't allowed to talk about the Olympic Stadium. That was completely off topic. Uh, it's still completely confidential, and it just wasn't discussed full stop. Um, so the SAB's going forward to another year. I'm, I'm on for another year, going to have a two-year term, uh, and the people who joined are now on a two-year term as well. There's some new groups. We're going to look at media charity and community match day experience um and and merchandising as well but the 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 big thing was there was a a surprise guest uh and it was big sam and and you know big sam uh spent an hour answering our questions uh and i wish i could give you a complete rundown of it but i can't uh because we were told by the press officer it was a private meeting uh, and his concern was if we repeat everything Sam said, then it will be in the papers and it will get repeated, etc. So I guess I've got to respect that. Uh, I'll, I'll say some of the questions he did answer. I'll, I'll tell you the questions, not the answers. But what I say is they wouldn't. The answers wouldn't surprise you if you ask the same questions. You probably ask them. So he was asked, "Who's the best improved player? Who's the best player so far?" You know about our youth policy and when players will come through. He was asked about would we take the FA Cup seriously. He was asked whether he was renegotiating his his two year contract. He was asked about his pro zone stuff and and, and you know his performance management. Uh, he was asked whether he was disappointed Mark Noble didn't make the England team. He was asked about Andy Carroll, of course, and whether he would go in January and whether he'd be there at the end of the season. And obviously there was various... Well, the, the transfer stuff obviously wasn't answered. It would be mad to answer transfer stuff and a nail current or everything else. But it was a really good night. It was really good. And he got a warm welcome. You know, he said it's a lot easier <laughs> when we are where we are. And, and my question was about the, you know... you And I, I said, you know, I asked him about whether he's going to sign a new contract. And I said to him before I started, I said, look, Sam, you weren't everyone's cup of tea when you joined. Um, but, you know, I think I speak for the majority of West Ham fans to say you did a bloody good job last year and you've done a bloody good job up to now of this year. And then I asked him, you know, when are you going to start negotiating and resign your contract? So, you know, that was good. Um, I think, yeah, you know, tongue right up there. Um, I, <laughs> I think the SAB's done. I know a lot of people are cynical about SAB. I think some people say it's Very uh, cynical. Uh, some kind of marketing gimmick. Some people say, you know, they handpick the people. I can tell you that's not the case. There was still some people that are very anti-OS and, and very anti some of the things the club do, and, and they don't weed them out, you know. And, you know, we're not... The, the SAB did lots of stuff, right? I'm not going to go through it. I, I tweeted out earlier. What are you going to do now, the, then? The... Um, the uh, what you call it the the presentation and you can read it you know the twenty percent discount and the five percent discount was raised by the SAB 
you know, the, um, what was another thing? Changing to bottles to make it quicker from pints was from the SAB. And if you read the presentation from the SAB, well, maybe not all of them are popular, but it, <laughs> um, it came, you know, uh, and I hope that there will be more success. What I've asked, though, I won't go into it today because what I've asked is I asked the marketing director whether we can have an interview. With oh, I thought you were going to ask about the security. On the what? Just in general. And security and the catering. And the no, catering, I didn't yeah. ask about catering. Oh. Catering's been outsourced. I did ask, there was something about catering, but I'm not going to discuss it. Uh, <laughs> it's been outsourced, apparently. It has been outsourced, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's not a secret. Um, you but sure? Not, not anymore, is it? It's not. <laughs> but what I would like to say is, what I've asked is, I want to do an interview with either Cameron Brady, David uh, Sullivan, or David Gold, or all three of them, to talk about the aims of the SAB and, and, and what, what's something. So I'm going to save that for now, because I know we're short of time. But, you know, I thought it was a really nice grub uh, and it was a really nice night. And I only left there. I only got back at midnight last night. Um, uh, the fire alarm kept on going off. So the police and uh, the am- uh, not the ambulance, the <laughs> fire brigade kept on turning up every half an hour because the fire alarm kept on going off. There you go. Revelation. Mr. Moon was in the building. Mr. Moon was in the building. But uh, uh, Jeremy Nicholas wasn't. Next. Thank you. For, thank you, Sean. Very interesting. Danke, Sean. Danke. Um, I think said it quite quickly. I didn't yeah, he get did. No, he'd done quite well, though. Yeah. He, he didn't make that many mistakes. He only yeah. just called him well the done, police Sean. ambulance yeah. fire service. Yeah. But uh, I think it's quite cool that Sam Adelaide was there. I think it's a nice little yeah. touch. Yeah. And I'm um, sure it'd be, it'd be good. It would be good if we could have a proper informed thing about it and get some, like you say, clarity from the club as well. Well, I useful. do. And that's, that's why I'm not going to go into all of the successes of the SAB and what we're trying to do because I want the... Could do a SAB I, special. I want... I mean, but I think it was David Sullivan's idea and I want David Sullivan to do an interview and, and we're trying to work that out at the moment. He don't want Ian Dale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're not Ian Dale, are you? Number seven on the running order. John Sean argument part two. Well, we're just going to put I, this on to bed I, I want to put this to bed because... John still won't accept. We have got, we have got six people. minutes till an hour. Yeah. We might so, well just go to an hour. So an hour. all I want to do is evidence number one. Here is a printout from Knees Up Mother Brown, which is a match report. And if you see where I've highlighted it there, it talks about a fingertip save. I know and you've so got your glasses. Everyone, everyone could see. Right? It, lo- it looks like a save. I don't discount. This is the I East don't... London Advertiser. And oh. again, it will say that um, that there was a thing. I don't. I disagree Joe Hart with then diverted Josie Benoit's scorching post over the like volley. It looks like it. It looks like it. Scorching post like it. over I understand the volley. Incredibly, despite the England keepers nursing smoking fingertips, referee Howard Webb only gave a goal kick. I again. I, I mean, what's his name? Said it, the lino gave a corner, and I fully agree with you. It looks like it. I was unsure, and what we did, we had it, we recorded it, so we had it, and we put it on slow, slow, slow. But you're still wrong. And it it looks like it comes off the bar before before Hart's fingers go up. Okay, it looks like that. It Would does. you accept that there's a possibility? No one that cares. I'm right? Of course, there's a possibility. No one cares. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. I don't care. Uh, predictions for Stoke match. One nil. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the battle of the long ball again, isn't it? Two nil. I'll go. I did say one nil and got it right. By the way, last week. Hold Just on. Want to point that. I will go nil nil. <laughs> uh, there'll be a podcast next Tuesday uh, because of the game on Monday. Yeah, yeah. podcast next I've Tuesday. Will Reese be training or will he? Be? He'll probably be training. Yes, he trains trains on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, Thursdays. Oh, we forgot to mention, and you've probably worked it out. There is no David Gold question time. Not in this one, no. No, there isn't ever. What, ever again? Ever again. Why? Because I I think it's run its course. Okay. And because I do the... Because it's Sean's, Sean's podcast. No, so. it's not my podcast, but here, here's the thing, right? I know John hasn't liked it for some time. Ever. Right? And I'm the one that writes the script. And if it's up to you to write the script, I know it will ever happen. So I know by me not writing the script anymore, then David Gold question time is finished. You're going to prove me wrong and write it next week, yeah? Probably. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, that's it this week from more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, it's quite a long episode. But yeah. Thank you for listening. If you, if you still got this far. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. More at more TGA podcast. Double O. And 
Facebook group. Yeah. It's facebook.com forward slash yeah. Join podcast. us on the Facebook group. Hang on, let me just give some shouts out to the people that have already joined us on the Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Peter Martin and Chris Miles for liking us this yeah. week. We're sorry for the people who sent in Twitter questions. I know that we didn't do them last week, we didn't do them this week, but we will. We're running late and we will catch up next week and answer your questions next week, won't we, George? Yes, of course. Thank you for listening to Mordish Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore, more than just a podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.